Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. We are together doing this class. If anybody here wants to dedicate these classes, wants to sponsor these classes for anyone that is sick on any level, whether it's mentally or physically, the Segula of Tomer Devorah for people that need a refuah is huge and it's, it's brought down. It's brought down for many generations already that this safe era has healing properties, okay? So if you want to sponsor this class for anyone that you know that's sick, that wants a refuah, do it. Okay, we talk to Naomi about it. Okay, so here's what we're doing. We're doing the sixth Mida. We're almost halfway through. We have 13 Midos, right? So we're on the number six. And number six talks about, we're starting in page 82. Number six talks about, because he desires kindness. Now we're gonna we're gonna start from the end. We're gonna look at this is the Tomer Devora. Okay, this is the text of the Tomer Devora describing what this meta is. And then we have all of the all of the the notes afterwards explaining in detail how we can apply it to ourselves, like how how to actually make it happen for ourselves, how to actually become godly in our lives, and like not think about it too much. Like it's more of like this is how to do it. Hush it. You just do what he does. You know what I'm saying? Like. You copy and paste. And it's like really hard to like copy and paste from God. He's like the, the ultimate, like how do you cut a human being I'm full of anger and bad midos and, and, and jealousy and, and, and ego. And I'm full of these things. How do I, how do I like, you know, copy God? Can you give me someone else a little bit like more, like, like in my range to copy, like a little bit out there, but that's the thing. That's the thing, because Hashem, the way he works is that he, it's, it's almost like when you learn texts in different areas of Torah, you realize that there's kind of like a real, real bottom line here. There's like one big bottom line. And it's like the message of Torah and everything that we learn, every portion of it, it's like one really big bottom line. The bottom line is, is that it doesn't matter so much. I mean, it does. Everything matters, okay? But follow me for a second. It doesn't matter. Like, if you had to choose between being ultra-religious and not being, and, like, living with God 24-7 and not having any contact with the world around you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know you do, Pasha. I love you, too. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, like have no contact with the world around you. Like, just go to like some ashram and like, you know, like be really, really connected to God and like meditation and all that stuff. You know, like do it that way. Either you you have a choice like that, and that's and that feels really spiritual. Like that feels like so like I'm so like enlightened, and I'm so like spiritual. Like I'm like living the word of God and all of that. That's really nice. But bottom line in the Torah, this is what it comes down to. It comes down to, push comes to shove. What are you doing in your life about the people in your life? What about my Everybody, mute your mic. Mute your mic. Oh, she muted herself. Thanks. See you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it all boils down to, it's very nice, you're spiritual, you're ultra-orthodox, you're learning a lot of Torah, all that's great. It's really good. It's good. But bottom line, when you learn Torah and you see Hashem's love language and all the text in Parsha, in Kabbalah, 
in Mr. In, in every in every area, it's like it boils down to, yeah, but what are you going to do with the people in your life? But how are you interacting with the people in your life? But what's up with the people in your life? So you X this one out and she's toxic and he's bad for you and this is bad and this you have no time for and this one you have your patience for because you have to do all these things. But that's where you're measured. That's where we're measured. We are measured in Hashem's eyes. Like we make the most difference in this world in essence when we are making it work with the people in our lives. And the people in our lives, family members, spouses, kids, bosses, friends, ourselves, the big one. And that's why I, I, I keep bringing breakthrough back to the, to the front line because like everybody has to be, I have like people doing break for the seventh time because what happens to you when you're in breakthrough is that you all of a sudden get a clarity of like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Because what happens is all of a sudden you realize that like everything that I'm thinking and everything I'm feeding my mind is like so crucial to what's actually happening on the, on the scene of my life, you know? So this Mita is, you'll, we'll see it, and we saw it in so many other Mitas till now, but we see what, what, is, what is Hashem's like main like bottom line here. He tells us like this, and this is what the Tomer Devorah opens up with. I'll just translate it for you quickly. The Tomer Devorah opens up and it says like this. There are Malachim in Shemaim that they belong to a certain chamber in Shemaim, Kabbalah 101 right here. There's a chamber in Shemaim that whatever you do good, whatever I do good in this world, in my life, goes into this chamber in Shemaim and there are there are angels that, that are responsible for that chamber in Shemaim. What is their job? Their job is when the accusing angels come up before God and say, God, the Jewish people deserve a Holocaust, God forbid, right? Let's say 85 years ago, this is the conversation that happened in Shemaim. God, the Jewish people deserve a Holocaust because look at the amount of sins right here. Look at what's going on. Look what's been going on over the last, I don't know how many years to bring them to that place. The malachim that are in that chamber of that guard, the mitzvot that a person does, the good things, the kindness that a person does in their life, they come out swinging against the accusators, the accusators, accusators, you know what I'm saying, the bad angels, the angels that come and say, look at all the bad that they're doing. They come and say, no, 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 one second, Hashem, it's true that they're doing all this bad, but can we look at all the good that they're doing for a second? Hey, God, can we also look at the fact that they're giving charity? They started Hatzalah everywhere in the world, Chabad houses. There are people caring for other people, hospitality, guests, Chavez guests, Gemachs, Kui, hello. Okay, that's their job. That's the job of those angels. Now, what happens? And we discussed this a few times. Let's just bring this to light again. Every single action has a reaction, which means whatever I do in this world, whether it's good or it's not good, I, I create, I breathe life into my actions. My actions, my actions have energy to them, okay? That's why a person that does mitzvah, gororis mitzvah. What's mitzvah, gororis mitzvah? I do, I create an action in this world. I gave 10 shekels to the guy that's an ani. What happens is that I create it, I create it in that moment, besides for a body of energy, which we also call an angel, a malach. Aside from that, that creates a momentum and inertia inside of me. That creates something inside of me that wasn't there before. How did that come about? Because of the energy that I created by my actions. I give birth through my actions. I give birth to energetic beings through my actions. I give birth to energetic beings through my actions. Whatever the action is, you are giving birth to an energetic being, literally. You make your kid a sandwich in the morning. You just gave birth to an energetic being. 
You smile at someone, you gave birth to an energetic being. God forbid you gossip about someone, you gave birth to an energetic being. So when these angels, these prosecuting angels go before Hashem and they tell him, look how many energetic beings we have on the side of the dark, coming from bad things that people have done, cheating, stealing, lying, ego stuff, you know, all that stuff, jealousy, uh, murder, all those things that people do. So uh, this is what's come about. We have like a lot of energy here. We have a lot of bodies of energy here. We have to do something about it. And we learned about this in pre previous chapters that Hashem then carries the burden and Hashem does all the, the ways in order to not send the Holocaust upon the Jewish people, not to let down all the darkness that the Jewish people have created by their actions. He tries in every way possible. Now, this is what we're talking about in this chapter. What we're talking about in this chapter is how does he try? How? He set up a system that he himself has to listen to. Hashem set up a system, a bureaucratic spiritual system in the world that he himself has to listen to. You do an Avera, you have to get a, a punishment or you have to do tshuva for you. You can't just have it linger around. We learned this. This energy that, that, was, that was created by this action now has somebody has to sponsor it. Somebody has to hold it. Somebody has to bear it. So it's either God or I do, an, I do tshuva for it and I eradicate it. But while it's around in this world, somebody, it, someone needs to constantly give it life, to feed it, to nurture it. And Hashem does that. So in this chapter, we're understanding one thing and very, very crucial. Why does he do that? Why? And listen to this. This is amazing, 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 amazing Torah. Listen to this. It says that even when we're guilty, even when the Malach HaMavis comes to Hashem and he says, look, look at all the things that they're doing in the world. Even when they're guilty, it says that Hashem desires kindness. That's what his desire is. His, not, his desire is not, you know, punishment and mida connected mida and be medactic with the person. That's not his vibe. Okay, that's not Hashem's thing at all. Hashem's thing is, let me look for kindness. Let me look for kindness. Remember, our whole teachings of Tomer Devorah is how to emulate his ways how to emulate the Mida so they illuminate in the world. So I bring them about into the world and I illuminate the Mida in the world. And when I do that, I create a lot, a lot of goodness for the Jewish people and spare the Jewish people a lot, a lot, a lot of pain. Okay? And terrorism and anti-Semitism. I do a lot of those things without even no one, no one, notice, no one noticing, no one knowing anything. If the people in the Knesset would know how much light and how much protection the people that are doing God's work are creating and how little they're creating, okay, just by fighting each other and hating on each other and doing all the things that the politicians do over there, they would understand who's really, who's really protecting the Jewish people. But it's our actions that create a protective shield around the Jewish people. And Hashem tells us how to do it. Hashem tells us how to do it. And he says, I care about kindness. Bottom line, I care about kindness. You could be guilty for a lot of sins, but if you are being kind one with another, I am totally ready to turn a blind eye. That's exactly what this media is about. He, because Hashem desires kindness, because that's what he, he feels like, he feels like, it's almost like when you ask your husband, what do you desire? Like, what do you want? Like, I want to know what you want. I want to give it to you, right? Because you love him. You want to know what the person you love desires, what he feels like, what he's into, what he, what lights him up. This is what lights Hashem up. This is it. He desires kindness. 
He desires kindness. Okay? And he says, listen to this media. It says, they act with kindness one to another. Even if they are guilty, they will be saved and have a remnant. Hashem says like this. When Chayzerol acts kindly, and this aspect he remembers for their merit, even if they are guilty in all other respects, even if we are guilty in all other respects, when we act in kindness one to another, and we're going to get into examples right now of the kind of kindness that we're talking about here, Hashem literally is awakens that mida of kindness, and the other meters that we're guilty for, he lets go. Now let's see, let's see inside what we're talking about, what the definition is, what we're, what we're even talking about. Okay, how, how this works. This is how it works. They bring a story you see in the gray page 86 on the bottom. There's a story, mom, child comes home, her little son comes home, he was riding a bike outside, comes home, he's all upset, he's crying, he's screaming, he's not happy, what happened? The neighbor, Maishi, again, stole his bike. Last time he let him ride it, and he never gave it back to him. He rode in circles and circles and circles, even though he wanted his bike back. And this time he was like, I'm not giving you my bike. I'm not, because last time you rode it in circles and wouldn't give it back to me when I wanted it back. So this time what Maishi did was he knocked the kid off his bike and he took the bike on by, by force. So he came home all broken that his neighbor took his bike by force. And the mom obviously got really, really, really heated and really, really, really into it, and like really upset. Maishi does all these things in the neighborhood. He's such a troubled kid. He's always getting kids into trouble. He's always bullying. We have to do something about this. That's it. I'm calling his. I'm calling his teacher. I'm calling his parents. In the end, her husband comes home, and her husband tells her, and she tells the whole story to her husband right before she called the teacher, and he says to her, and says to her, wait one second. Don't you remember? Don't you remember that last year? Uh, luckily for Maishi, luckily for Maishi, uh, uh, there's a girl downstairs, Leah, and she got into, uh, she was in, a, she was in a, a situation, what was it again, what was the situation, she was in a situation, she was in a dangerous situation, oh yeah, here, um, a dangerous dog, a dangerous dog attacked her in the lobby, and Maishi came out and started beating this dangerous dog with a stick, and he was, and he protected her, and this, and his wife was like, so, so because he protected Leah with a stick, now he could do whatever he wants. Now he could steal kids' bikes, and now he can act like a bully. And he says, she says to him, he, he's always involved in the fights in the neighborhood. And he says, yeah, he's involved because he's protecting the weak kids against the bullies. Right? He says, he says to him, he says, the husband says, don't do anything against him now. He has a good side to him, too. He has a good side to him too. Those are the key words in this, in this chapter, my friends. He has a good side to him too. That means the next time somebody in your life, remember, bottom line, it all boils down to our relationships. It's all a test in our relationships. It's all, you know, we're, we're, we're all, we're all uh, you know, uh, scratching on each other's egos. He said that to me. She didn't invite me. That's how he talked to me. He didn't get back to me. She didn't think that that would hurt my feelings. She, she didn't think to invite me or to add, tell me about that job. She knows I'm looking for a job. That is the work of life. That's it. The relationships that we are involved in. Now, it doesn't mean that we have to be a welcoming mat and a people pleaser and just be like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever you want. No, 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 let's not go to extremes. Extremes are never healthy. 
but we have to know that we are measured, our character is measured by the friction that we experience with the people in our lives. And the closer the people are, the more we are measured based on our reactions to what goes on there. Because nothing happens without Hashem orchestrating it to happen, orchestrating that fight, orchestrating those words, orchestrating that person getting in your face, orchestrating that person giving you a cold shoulder, orchestrating it. He's orchestrating it. You know why he's orchestrating it? Because in those moments, how I am going to deal with this reality, whether it's going to be from a place of fear of, oh my gosh, you're hurting me. You're, you're, you're crossing me. You're, you're, you're chipping away at my ego. I can't take it. Let me fight back. And what about you? And what do you do with that? And let me fight back because my ego needs to be held and because I'm scared and because I feel attacked and I feel wronged and I feel like I have to protect myself and I feel like I have to shoot the other person down before they shoot me down. I have one of two ways of, of reacting to the things that go on in my life or understand and olam, and, and there's no world. It's all a facade. It's all a stage. This is the movie, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes, whatever, with the Jim Carrey. What's the movie called? Yes, something. That, that he's like literally on the stage of his life. He doesn't even realize that he's the main character. He doesn't realize that all these people are staged. All these people are like actors. He doesn't know. He thinks everything is normal. This is the way life is. And all of a sudden he wakes up to the reality that he is literally the main character. And everything around him is one big facade. It's all a stage. You think that God puts into your life people that walk in and walk out by accidentally? You think God, God puts into your life situations with your parents, with your spouse, with your kids that are there just to challenge you? Because why not? Oh, finally, finally injected into your days, put in front of your path, put on the course of your day to experience that. And what goes on there is everything. Now, either I approach it from a fear place and I react out of ego and, and, and anger and gaiva, or I put it in a place of, oh, right now there's no person, there's no world, there's no one hurting me. This is what Hashem has created for me in, in, in the moment right now. How I respond to this is, it's gold. It's gold. If I respond in a way of, I'm not losing anyone. It's not that they're leaving me. It's not that they're hurting me. It's not that they're doing. I am right now experiencing a shift. Hashem is transitioning me. I have to maybe let go of my fears. I have to let go of my insecurities around this thing. And I have to know that with or without this person, I will live. With or without this reality, this experience, I will be fine. I am loved. I am taken care of. This is not, it's not the person. Hashem is just bringing out different things in my, in my, in the stuff I have to work on. That's why Breakthrough 2 is all about mirrors. How everything in your life is a mirror to see what's going on in your nefesh. Everything. Everyone that walks in. We're going to have a talk on that May 31st. If you want to join, it's going to be on the light of the infinite. Um, I know me just sent out an email to everyone. It's on the bottom of the email, the newsletter. There's a free link there. Go inside. They have like speakers, artists, healers from all over the world that are going to be joining this thing. It's all free. I really highly suggest it. And there I'm going to be talking about the Baal Shem Tov's work on mirrors. 
It's called Eid of Dolach. It's really, really, really fascinating. It's 14 and a half hours of a course, but I'm going to give a basic nutshell understanding, okay? Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much for that. So moving forward in this Mida, what we're looking to understand is we also need to look for the good side of the thing, of the person. Now listen to this. Listen to what it says over here. He says like this. He says, when we overcome our anger or forego some complaint we have against someone in light of some kindness he has done, Hashem responds in kind. Meaning, I let go of this complaint. I let go of this hurt that this person did because I remember that they also did good things. That's the Mida. To, to remember that this person, yes, hurt me here, but where did I benefit from them? Where have they done kindness to me before? Where were they good to me? Where were they good to other people? Where were they good to, where are they kind to others? Where do they give charity? Where do they do chesed? Meaning, yes, this person hurt me right now, but if I am able, and this is the avoda, everyone listen up. If I am able to, in the moment, say they have hurt me directly, yes. In the moment, if I'm able to say, and this is everything, where are they kind also? But where are they kind also? This is what gets Hashem every time. You can literally be, and we're going to see it later in the chapter, in a minute. You can literally be, Menashe was a, oh, a he, he crossed Yamsuf with a Vodazara in his hand, okay? God is guiding him out, opening the seeds, uh, and he's holding on to the Vodazara, to his taifa. Imagine your addiction. You can't let go of your addiction, whatever it is. He's holding on to it. Menashe. Okay, he was a, he was a Russia. And yet, because he did Akhnasus Archim, because he was a person that gave food to people that walked by his house, that was his one kindness that he did. That is what has saved him. It says over here, that is what saved him. Chazal say, hold on one second. With the uh, Micha, I'm sorry, Namanasha Micha, I'm sorry. Okay, says that he says, where is it? Here. The sages said that Micha wasn't supposed to have a, a, a section in the world to come. He was not supposed to have a place in Olam Haba at all because of who he was. Because of this one action that he did, which was to, to give people food while they were walking by his house, he would like to feed them. Because of that, he now did have a portion in the world to come. He did everything wrong. Literally, the guy is like snorting coke every day, okay? And like, like worshiping idols and like, I don't know, scratching his head and like eating bonbons and watching HBO from morning to night. He doesn't deserve any, any, any spiritual anything, okay? The guy is like physical down to like everything physical. There is nothing spiritual about this human being and no act of trying to even spiritual. He's not sitting at, you know, 9.30 at night Israel time listening to a class on Torah and how to emulate God. That wasn't his thing, all right? He wasn't supposed to have a portion in the next world. And because of the kindness that he did in his life, Hashem looks under a rock to find the kindnesses that we do. He looks under a rock and based on the kindness that we do for one another, he's like, leave me. It's okay. Don't worry about me. The most important thing, the stuff that makes you guys connected, that stuff, that's everything. That's gold. That's everything to me. That's everything to me. That's everything that we're supposed to go by, Pesha. Thanks for joining. That is every single thing that we are supposed to be focused on. We are supposed to be focused on, and this is what we're learning. 
that could save us, it could save us so much pain in our lives. Why? Because when we do this mida, when we're able to do this mida of seeing what is good, even while I am hurt, even while the person offended me, even while I have beef with this person, I'm able to say, but they do this and they do this and they try this and they helped me with this and they did this for my sister and they cared about that stranger and they like to feed the, the, the homeless and they give charity. It's because of that way of thinking, I'm able to relinquish the anger that I have in my heart against this person. <clears throat> what you just did was that you illuminated this mida of kichafetz chesed hu, and this mida is the mida, and listen to what the beginning of it says, it is the mida that will save us from holocausts. It is the mida that will save us from terror attacks. It is the mida that, will, that saves us from every single thing. You could be a person that is, I don't know what, doing for God, sitting and praying and voted us all day. The amount of ability that you have in front of the people in your lives to be able to say, I want to get you back so bad. I want to point everything out that you're doing wrong. I want to put your face into it because you deserve it. How can you be so, so selfish? How can you be so stupid? How can you be so cold hearted? How can you not see what I've done for you? How, all of your things that you're saying are true. It's all right. It's all right. But we're being called to, to act like God. I don't want God to talk about me like that. I don't want him to talk about me like that. I want him to go to the side of like, yeah, Devorah, you screw up. You talk Hashan Hara. You get sad. You, you, you blow off things. You miss chakras. You do all these things. Yeah. But I saw what you did the other day. I saw what you did the other day with that guy. I saw what you did the other day with your anger, with your mom. I saw you. I saw what you did. And that means everything. I don't care about everything else. That means everything. That's literally what the Torah Devorah is telling us this chapter. And that is how we need to be with other people. Yeah, you hurt my feelings. Yeah, that sucked really hard. Really, really bad. I really got hurt. Really got offended. But in my mind, let me find the good in my spouse. Let me find the good in my child. Let me put my mind in a place where let me see the good and not focus on their sins because all people will sin against you. The closer you are to someone, the more you will feel their sins against you, their mistakes, their hurtful comments, their insincere comments, you're doing for them and then instead of doing back, they yell at you or they don't see what you're doing for them. And that's why Hashem said, so be like me. So be like me. I know they're acting like a jerk, but can you be bigger than that? Can you be bigger than that for a second? Because if you come from a higher place, if you, your kids like, you're like today, I was making him like lunch and this and toast and eggs and veggies and this. And meanwhile, he's yelling at me. You're not buying them. I'm like thinking to myself, like, here I am making him this whole beautiful thing. And he's yelling at me for something else that I didn't do enough of or whatever it is. So what am I going to do? Yell at him back. Look at, look at how much I'm doing for you. And I'm going to. I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to manage the situation from a place that's higher, not a place of like, you're yelling at me while I'm making you dinner. Like, seriously, I'm standing here making you this whole thing. And you're yelling at me about something that's so like, not even shy that you should be yelling at me about. Meaning instead of going down here and expecting there to be some kind of like, 
he's clearly wrong. I'm like, hello, like justice. Instead of being there, go up here. You manage the situation. You see, you know that the person is wrong. You know that they're acting out of trigger. You know how they're acting out of whatever it is. No, at the same time, while you're looking at them, talking, acting, hmm? There, use the mida here of the way you would want Hashem to deal with you. I know you're acting like a jerk, Devora, but I saw what you did. And I know how much you have a big heart. And I know how much you care about people. And I know how much you suck it up when you don't need to and you don't have to because that's what I'm going to look at. That's the me that Hashem is asking us. Hashem is asking us, despite the fact that you're getting hurt by people and people are, just know I set it up that way. I want to, I want you to take steps forward, not be in this thing. But I'm right, he's wrong, he's wrong, I'm right, da da da, butting heads, who's right, who's wrong, who hurt, who more, who injured, who more, who has the right to be angrier more. Where are we going with this? Where, where do we end up with this? Right and alone, right and alone, and miserable. Where are we going with this? We are being called to come out of our ego and walk into a place of vulnerability and be able to accept. Oftentimes people tell us, the people that are closest to ourselves, the truth about ourselves, but we can't hear it. Oh yeah, where did and one day you did that? And when you did that, it's okay. I, I'm not allowed to do that, but you're allowed to do that? When people, oftentimes the people that are closest to us come and tell us the way they feel in the relationship with us, the things that we're, we, they want us to work on that are hard for them to deal with, that are difficult to live with, that all these things, we have to bend our head, even though it's hard and say, thank you. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I know I'm not perfect and I appreciate that. That kind of, that kind of react, the working together, even though it's not ego-based. Ego-based would be like, oh yeah, that's ego. And it's hard, it's hard, it's not easy. It's so not easy, it's so uh, not easy. None of this work is easy, that's the thing, it's not easy. But neither is exercise and neither is getting a really good job and neither is, I don't know, going to sleep on time. None of the good things in life are easy, that's the bottom line. And I'm saying like none of them, nothing is easy in life, period. It's not easy, all the good things are not easy. Marcella, shoot. Well, your teaching is very difficult, I have to say. <laughs> Especially this Mira. And I have a question. Um, what happens when you're dealing with a narcissist? Baruch okay. Hashem, you're a relative, like a, a parent or a child, but it's someone that came to our lives, into our family, and is causing a lot of like machlokas. And the best way we try to avoid is try not to have contact with this person or just kind of like, you know, but we I realize it's a sickness. I realize that this person has very little control over his behavior. Um, and when it comes to mirroring, when you encounter a narcissist, is that because do I have a part of me that also has that kind of behavior towards, or I have that behavior towards someone? Like I'm really struggling when it comes to people like that, that I know they're not well. It's not the same as if you did something to me and it's once in a while and then, but I have to put it in a balance with the goodness that you've done for me versus one time that you were stressed and said something mean. But when you're dealing with someone that constantly is like just shooting poison at the family, how do you deal with that? That's very, 
conflicting. Yeah. So a few things, okay? Number one, Hashem didn't send this person into your family accidentally. Mm-hmm. Hashem sent this person in your family. Now, if you don't have to deal with this person on a daily basis, better you don't. We don't ask for tests. We don't want to be tested. We don't want our anger tested, our, our, our nerves pushed. We don't ask for that stuff. We never put ourselves in a situation where it might really, really, really hurt us. No. But if you have to deal with this person on a daily basis, okay, or you need to like have interaction with this person, number one, know what to expect. Okay? Don't be down here butting heads. Let this person do their pattern of of interaction because they have patterns, right? Narcissists have patterns. People Mm -hmm. with mental disorders, there's a pattern to the mental disorder. Know the mental disorder. Know what to expect, okay? And just almost like, okay, that's them. It's almost like someone that comes to your table and has Tourette's, okay? They can't control it. They can't control, they can't control the ticks. They can't control the tremors. They have Tourette's. This person's a narcissist. Now, if I'm married to a narcissist, that's a different story, okay? I'm, that's a whole different answer. But within, no, chaser shalom. But if this person is, it comes into your life, not on a daily basis, every so often, you don't have to deal with them, then then when you deal with them, know that they're in a special category and already know what to expect and already know what not to expect. And kind of like, don't start getting in the trenches with it. Don't start getting on the phone. Don't start with the messages. Don't start, because you'll never get out of it. It's just, it's just one long, endless, tiring cycle with narcissists. It's, it's, it's really, really hard. They'll never be able to really see themselves. Understand? They don't How have that. that to me? How is that a mirror? It's because I do have tendencies. Have I done without knowing maybe some harm to someone? Like, why is this person walking into my life? Oftentimes, people like this walk into our lives to refine us, which okay. means, which means that they walk into our lives and there is something about us that pulls the narcissist in, okay? There's something about my self-image, my lack of self-love, that narcissists keep coming into my life for, in different ways, okay? In different formats. Mm-hmm. It, one day it's a boss, the other day, it's the next day it's, 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 it's a friend, a neighbor, uh, you know, all the, why? Because who do narcissists cling to? Uh, pleasers? Empaths, codependents, pleasers, yeah. right? Why? Because these people don't really have a, uh, a loving sense of self. People that love themselves and know who they are, when a narcissist comes, they, uh, everything about the narcissist just puts them off. Like they don't, they don't get it. They don't, mm-hmm. it doesn't work for them. People that are lacking the self, the narcissist comes, gives them a sense of self, gives them a sense of like, you're important, I love you, they love bomb, they do all of that. The person gets hooked onto them and then the narcissist is able to shoot, right? And destroy the person, that's, that's the whole game. That's the whole game with the, all the gaslighting and the ghosting and the discarding and all of that. That's, the, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's what the narcissist gets off on, okay? So not giving, it, not giving a hand to any of that. Not giving a, not lending a hand to any of that. People that are in a state of like not loving themselves enough end up falling into the narcissist um, trap. Trap. 
So why Hashem puts that into your life? Maybe, maybe, maybe there needs to be some kind of a little bit of a tweaking when it comes to why you're putting things out. Where is that coming from inside of you? Where is the goodness that you're putting out inside of you coming from, really? You know? Is it, is, it coming, is it coming from a place of need? Is it coming from a place of want? Is it coming from a place of chesed? Is it coming from a place of, you know, where is, and every time it could be different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So people pleasers, people that are, people that want to help other people a lot, oftentimes their whole sense of self is based on their giving. Their whole sense of self is based on how much feedback they get. So you know, that needs, that always needs, like when we, when we give, when we do anything for other people, when we are in a state of like, you know, giving out from ourselves, it has, it needs to be the best place for it to be is in a place of, I'm not doing this to get anything in return. I'm not doing this for status. I'm not doing this for uh, likes. I'm not doing this for an applause. I'm not doing this for, oh my God, you're such an amazing, whatever. I'm not doing this. I'm doing this. The shame, yichud, kutcha. I'm doing this the shame mitzvah. That's it. I'm I'm wow. removing myself, removing myself from the equation. I am doing this as 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 a mitzvah in this world because I am a vessel for light. That's the best place to put ourselves to remove ourselves from the equation. Okay. Wow. I would have never put it together. Thank you for that. Wow. So yeah, we should we should all the narcissists should have our foshalema. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Devorah. All of them have very low self-esteem, by the way. All narcissists have a huge No, I know and I see it, but unfortunately he came into my family and it's making it's hard. I'm the older person in the family, so I'm trying to do damage control, but I see how he affects my children and it's it's hard to so everybody's pretty much just putting a big boundary. Boundaries. 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 But uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to hear when you talk about mirroring, wh- what is that telling me? Because Jamie's not putting this person caja for no reason. There, there has to be something, right? He makes no mistakes. So what you're saying, I have to do a lot of uh, introspection to see if it obviously came from there. The mirror doesn't necessarily mean, come on the talk on the May 31st, but the mirror doesn't necessarily mean what I see I have. It does a lot of times, but it also means what I see, what is it, what is it, what is it pushing on inside of me? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What's it, what's it bringing mm-hmm. up? The second I figure out what this bringing up inside of me, the thing outside of me disappears. That's the equation. The person will disappear or the person will totally get disinterested with your family and pick on someone else's family. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the assignment will be over. He comes as a way to almost like make me have a projector to look inside and say, wait, what is he irking me about? What's what's sitting on? What about his midos do I, is getting, what is it doing to me? What is it coming up? What is it bringing out in me? Triggers, what triggers? What triggers is it bringing out in me? Exactly. Okay. You know, understanding ourselves is a lifelong process, like. A lot of us really don't know ourselves yet because it's constant, constant layering, 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 layering. So I just want to continue and go back for a second. We're going to be finished soon. One second, let me just see the time. Okay, we're going to be finished in five minutes, uh, eight minutes. Let's just finish what we're, what we're learning here. I just have to say this something here. He talks about 
how appreciation of the acts that people do for you in their in in your life. Listen to this. We're on page ninety, okay? Okay, sounds like this. What bearing what bearing do these good traits have on the injustice we are suffering from them? He says he explains over here. He says he forgives our sins against him because of the kindness we do with one another. Okay, so our sins against God, your Chil Shabbos, your lack of Tzniyas, your all those things, your sins, Ben Adam Makom gets erased, forgiven, based on what? Based on the kindness we do with one another. Okay, he says like this, in the privacy of our homes, these considerations are even more important, meaning with our families, this is the most important. Okay, we have to work on our character traits in order to get along with our family members. By remembering their positive traits, our, our family members' positive, our positive traits, we can overcome our anger even when they offend us, okay? If a father will always remember the positive qualities of his son and a husband his wife and a wife her husband, it takes the sting out of the argument. You understand what that does? You understand what that does? What we're saying is that if you focus on the positive qualities, okay, of your husband when he gets you upset, he got you upset. And in the moment you start saying, okay, what does he do good? What does he do good? Where is he kind? Where is he loving? Where is he, where is he fair? Where is he all the opposite of what you're seeing right now? Okay. Where is he good? Where is he? Where is it? If you're able to go there in your mind, what it does is that going in your mind, it removes the sting from the argument. You know what the sting is? The sting is like where all the, that stuff, where all the cooking happens. Removes the sting. You heard me. We talk about it. Yada, it's all good. We're done. Instead of, mm, mm, mm. so what that does in the moment when you're working with someone, especially someone that you love, in the moment they're getting upset at you, resist the urge to jump in to fight, you know, in the in dog against dog. Resist, resist, resist. Be like God. Be like God. This is like this. He says like this, he talks about all of the appreciation between husband and wife, wife and husband, parents and children. And this is the best part, I think. And this is a really strong part. I never, ever learned this before in my life. Listen to this. He says, appreciation should not depend on the intention of the person who did the favor. Appreciation should not depend on the intention of the person who did the favor. Meaning someone does you a favor. I'm on the bottom of page 90. Someone does you a favor. The appreciation that you're supposed to have for that for them does not depend on their intention when they did the favor for you. Their intention doesn't matter, okay? What does it depend on? But on the benefit of the person who received it. Next page, it says, the measure says, do not throw a stone at a well from which you drink, okay? Don't throw a stone into the well that you drank from. That's the pasuk. Okay, that's the medrash. And it says it means what it means is like don't 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 throw away something that you that that benefited you. Don't spit in the face of something that benefited you. That's why kibbutz avayim is such a big mitzvah because they benefited us very much. They gave life to us. They they raised us. They fed us. They changed us. They nursed us. They waited up with us all night. They took us to the hospital, emergency rooms. Meaning the people that have invested in you and the stuff that was kind to you and good to you, don't throw a stone, don't throw a stone at. Don't throw a stone from which you drink, from which you benefited. So he says over here, did, did the well mean to do us any favors? 
The well is the well. Don't throw a stone into the well which you drank from. The well didn't mean to make you drink and satiate your thirst. The well doesn't care. The well is the well. It has water in it. He just sits there. So now I'm not supposed to throw a stone into the well so the well won't get offended? He doesn't care. Does the well feel offended if someone throws a rock in it? Of course not. Still, we must train ourselves to show honor and appreciation to those who have benefited us, regardless of all other considerations. Skip the next paragraph. We must, and this highlight, we must appreciate the acts of kindness people do, even if they did them for selfish reasons. And this kind of like really messes with the whole narcissist thing, okay? Because they do a lot of good, the narcissists, a lot. They love bomb, they buy, they shop, they care, they... And then there's like all the, that whole other side. So what we're learning from the Torah Devorah here is, listen, the Baal Shem Tov taught that whereas purity of intent is important, it's important to have the right machshava when you're doing something for someone else. In all other mitzvahs, this is true in all the other mitzvahs, to have the right kavana in your brain before you do it, while you're doing it, it is not crucial. The mitzvahs of kindness and charity. In the end, the recipient, the that benefits from our kindness, regardless from our intent. This is mind blowing. It really doesn't matter if you benefit from someone, you can't throw a rock from the well which you benefited from. Even if their intentions were selfish, even if they did something for you in order to get you to do something for them, even if they gave you in order for you to put in a good word for them, even if they were still, no matter what their intentions were, you benefited from it, you benefited from it, all other mitzvahs, it's really important for the intentions to be in the right place. Chesed and charity, doesn't matter what the person's thinking. He could be like, I'm giving money so they can write my name on the, on, the, on the building. He's not giving money to the guy that's dying of hunger. He's not giving money to the child that needs a foster home. He's giving money so his name can be on the wall. Doesn't matter. We have to appreciate this person anyway. We have to call him up by the dinners anyway. We have to thank him publicly anyway. We have to give him what he wants anyway because bottom line, someone's benefiting from it, regardless of the intention. So we're going to sum up here in this Mida, okay? We're going to sum up in this Mida. Read the chapter. It's such a good chapter. It's a really, really good chapter. The, 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 the last part of this chapter talks about Sodom and Yerushalayim, how Sodom was destroyed and how Yerushalayim was destroyed. Sodom was completely destroyed, right? Everything melted down to the ground, nothing left there. Okay, that's Yama Melach, that's the Dead Sea, where the Dead Sea is, that's Sodom. Okay, that's why it's dead and there's no vegetation and nothing growing there and no fish there, there's no life there. Why is there no life? Because the life cannot exist in a place where there was absolutely no giving. Giving gives life to your life. Giving is water to fish. Okay, in Sodom, there was absolutely no giving. Everybody was selfish. Everybody only thought about themselves. Everybody only thought about what's good for them. Nobody cared about the other person from a hole in the wall, from a hole in the wall. And that's why the whole place had to be destroyed. Yerushalayim, okay, Yerushalayim, there was a huge, huge destruction in the, during the times of the Beis Hamidus. There was blood flowing through the streets of Jerusalem, all they knew, okay? But there were many, many survivors after the destruction, many survivors after the destruction. So he asked the question here, the Tomer Devorah, he says like this. He says like the destruction of Sodom left no survivors, or the destruction of Yerushalayim left many. 
Why did Yerushalayim merit a better fate than that of Sodom? Their sins were no less than those of Sodom. They also had really bad sins. Remember Beisamid Shashini? Remember? They were all from, they had beards down to the ground, they were all religious, but Sinaschinam, ego, Lashon Hara, all that stuff, all that, all that nasty stuff, that's what they were involved in. Their sins were not less than the sins of Sodom. What does it say? It says in the Pasuk about Sodom that their sins are very heavy. Now remember what we said about sins, energy, bodies of energy, they were very heavy. It was very heavy. It had to explode already. The whole thing had to be destroyed. The whole thing had to be destroyed. It was very heavy. What does the Pasuk say about Yushalayim, about the Harban? The sins of the house of Israel and Yehuda are very, very great. Okay? This means that the sins were even worse of, than those of Sodom. They were even worse of, than those of Sodom and Yushalayim in the second Bithamidash. The difference between them, and listen up to this, and this is where this were ending. Sodom had no acts of kindness at all. At all. They did no favors, never helped anyone. The people of Yushalayim were also wicked, but on the other hand, they were kind towards one another. They also had kindness towards one another. Okay? Despite their terrible wickedness in many other areas, the kindness they showed one another rescued them from complete destruction. Every act of kindness that you do rescues Kaisal from complete destruction. We know that we are in very dangerous times, and we know that we are in the times of Mashiach, and we know that all eyes are on us, on the state of Israel, on the land of Israel, and the and the Jewish people, wherever we are in the world, all eyes are on us. The anti-Semitism has grown tremendously over the last few years. I think it rose by 40%. BDS is thriving like no one's business. What's going on here in the government here in Israel is that the entire government at this point is the Rishimara which means that Palestinians are in the main chairs and are calling the shots in the land of Israel right now. Cops all over Yushalayim are all Arab. There are, Pal there are Arabs everywhere you go, in the restaurants, in the hotels, in the shopping centers, everywhere. Everywhere you go. Meaning we, the enemy has now become somewhat of the ruler. And it also says this, that during the times of Mashiach, it says right before Mashiach comes, it says in the Nevuos that uh, uh, the period before Mashiach comes will be Ishmael, will be the goddess of Mishmael, and Ishmael will rule the world and Israel before, before Mashiach comes. Every act of chesed that you do, every act of kindness, every act of turning a blind eye, not making a big deal, thinking about what they do, do good, where they do did help you, where you were benefit, were benefited, where you can appreciate, where they you did gain and earn a lot. And yeah, they screw up and they mess up and they make mistakes, but they they did show up for you a lot or for other people. And they do have streaks and acts of kindness in their credit and their benefit. When you think that, when you focus on that, when you put your eggs in that basket and not in the basket of, you know, wow, we have to, we have to, there's justice that needs to go on here. Okay, obviously this is not for every story, not for everything, certain things are more, but I'm talking about the day-to-day, -day, the day-to-day -day stuff. The day-to-day -day stuff. I'm not talking about the big things that like, oh my gosh, like huge traumas in life. I'm not talking about that. If we're able to move into that space of being able to see the good amongst the bad, I see what they're doing wrong. And still I'm able to pick out the good of where they were so good to me. What I illuminate is this Mida of he desires kindness. And when I illuminate the middle of his desires, kindness, that creates a protective shield. It protects a, create a protective shield around Kali's world. Because Shem says, you could do a Beiros, 
you can do a against me, but your kindness will save your rear ends. Big time. Your kindness. And remember that this kindness that we're talking about is the kindness, any kind of kindness, any kind of kindness. He says over here, okay, I'm going to end. Um, here, the angels in heaven, page uh, 88 on the bottom. The, there are angels in heaven whose job is to guard the merit of all the acts of kindness. Okay? When the judgment rises before God, when the din comes before Hashem and Hashem, she says, Hashem, look, look at all the sexual immorality. Look at all the assimilation. Look at all the Jew hatred amongst the Jewish people. Look at all the self-hating Jews. Look at all the selfishness. Look at all the fighting. Look at all the machlokis. Look at all the fire. Look at all the cheating, the stealing, the backstabbing. The... Look, look, look. The angel of judgment comes before Hashem. These angels of mercy come before Hashem and they stand there and, Hashem, and he said, they say to Hashem, here is money given to charity, they say. And here is a favor for the neighbor, a drink to someone who was thirsty, food for the hungry. Here, there, here was a helping hand, a caring ear, a shoulder to lean on. Here was a favor. Here was a loan. And their job is to, uh, to, to counteract the dark, the dark forces amongst our Israel. There is a lot of dark amongst Israel. You know why? Because uh, uh, more than, I don't know how much, majority of Israel are not connected to Tafash Baruch, are not connected to Torah, are not connected to the right Derek, are not connected to re God consciousness. They don't know. They're in the matrix. They don't know. They're not in this group. They haven't, no one, no one told them. They didn't, they don't know that. The difference that me and you can make in the world today, it literally is on our shoulders. It literally is on our shoulders. The, 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 the any kind, any kind from the smallest thing to the biggest thing creates pushes off the din, pushes off the din, pushes off any kind of judgment that's supposed to, God forbid, come. Okay? And that is really, really, really uh, our message for this Mida of remember, with all the bad, find the good. Find the good. Appreciate people, even if their intention wasn't good, if you benefited from them. Remember not to get down and dirty, but to, to look at it from a bird's eye view and to know that you're being challenged right now and you're being tested right now. And finally, remember that everything, everything concludes, everything, the whole thing, the bottom line of everything is how, you, how you're doing with the people in your life and especially with yourself, especially with yourself. How are you doing with yourself? Are you kind to yourself? Are you good to yourself? Are you loving to yourself? You're going through a hard time. You screwed up. You failed miserably, okay? You failed. You screwed up. You did bad. You, you're to blame. Everything. How are you there for yourself? Are you kind to yourself? Or do you knock yourself and push yourself down and blame yourself and tell yourself that you're so stupid for doing what you did and for saying for what you said? How? Because how we act with ourselves is very much going to be telling of how we act with the people in our lives. Very much. Appreciate yourself. Because then you're going to appreciate the people in your life. Okay. Thank you for joining. Thank you for being here. If anybody has any questions, Vilma, you have a question? Everything you said resonated because um, the humans that we interact with as family and friends are the people who are going to reveal our deepest truths. And they might not be nice about it. <laughs> Often, like you have to like look and and assess the situation and see that the ego isn't a part of it if you listen with your heart and you I mean I close my eyes sometimes 
Wow. And it takes a lot of self-awareness when we speak to other human beings that are family, that are friends, because they're just as flawed as we are. But that animal urge to engage with them, to want to have the last word, that's like what I'm trying to teach my son not to do. Like silence really is golden. I'm still your mom. You know, just because you don't like the way I said or did something, I still kept you alive. Like it's hard, but we have to respect the people that are in our lives. They're in our lives for a reason. Exactly. And that those relationships are sacred, especially the ones with parent to child. Mamash, Mamash, it's true. 100%. I love what you just said. It's really like in the moment when it's happening. Just be able to, if you're on the phone, to be able to, yes, close your eyes and say, I, the urge, the animal instinct that comes out, the initial reaction, the knee-jerk reaction is to fight back, to ward off, to protect myself, right? To get them first before they get me, to leave before I, I get left. That's the knee-jerk reaction. And the work is to stay there, to be able to hear what's being said to you, take what's true, leave what's not, and work with what you got as opposed to fighting the, the messenger. And if the messenger is 100% wrong, because all they're doing is spewing anger at you and, and, and violent words and just you know aggression, then you can just know who you're dealing with and say, okay, that's, that's, how, they, that's how they work. I don't have to take it to me. It's not about me. You, know? you could tell when a person's coming to you with something real and like they're really hurt by you or you really messed up in front of them and they want to tell you, so you can so you can stop or you can change yourself or you can you know, make it better or if a person's just coming to unleash on you to just you you hit them where it hurts you know well, we all have that ability to um, shoot to kill um, but do we do we really want to do that <laughs> do we want to shoot each other down I don't think so so much my much we all have the ability to shoot to kill I love that. Oh my gosh, I'm really good at that, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, you know, the power of speech is not only for the positive, it also goes the other direction. I can dissolve people if I want to. And I have got in all of my uh, ways sometimes in my life. But that's, that's the avoda. Whatever power you have to you, whatever strength you have, that, that same strength, for me, it's speech is my, is my biggest avoda. Meaning for me, my biggest avoda is shmir, whatever has to do with the mouth. Also, my name is Devora, Devar, Dibul, talking. My patsuk is daga sechana. Whatever you have in your heart, you should speak out. It's all about speaking, speaking, okay? So the strength is speaking and also the biggest weakness is speaking. So over there, I have to do the most work with answering back, not answering back, lashon hara, anger, anything that has to do with the mouth. So whatever you're strongest in, know also that on the other side of that is your biggest weakness. Okay, that's how it works. That's how it works. All right, ladies, thank you so much for joining. It was such a pleasure. I love this, these classes. Let's keep doing this. And we'll, uh, we'll see each other next week. Thank you. Yay, thank you, Julie. Thank you so much. Yes, amazing. So nice. I love these comments. Thank you, Deborah. Thank Bye, you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone.
Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon. 